Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is Saturday night, January 22nd, 6.02 Mountain Time, where probably where most of you guys listen, but not everybody in. And it is Divisional Week. Luke, how you doing? It's time for an episode of Mile High Insiders. Dude, I'm doing excellent. What a... Awesome first game of the weekend, man. I mean, yeah. Bengals rolling into Nashville, Tennessee, and just a fight to the end, man. And we were talking about it right before the show started. I'm I'm so pumped for Cincinnati. It's such a fun team to watch. Tennessee, they fought like hell, and I just hope the rest of the games can live up to the hype. Yeah, man, what a great game. We got uh, reactions coming in here. Augustine Castro giving us a laugh react. Thank you very much. Scott Kennedy with a like, too, there in the background. If you guys are like them, make sure you give us a thumbs up. This is obviously Mile High Insiders, part of the Huddle Up podcast network, Mile High Huddle, of course. And we're going to talk a little bit of Broncos today. Talk a little bit of the information that Mike Kliss dropped. The I, I wouldn't call it a bombshell, but the information today that uh, Joe Ellis and John Elway, some people that maybe Broncos country wants to move forward from uh, that era are still maybe a part of the interviews, but let's say hello to the chat coming in here. Everybody saying hello to us on Saturday night. We got Dylan coming in sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in. We got Thomas making his, uh, his case here, the Gardner Minshew, maybe a little bit of fun, uh, some, uh, some mullets and uh, jean shorts. What's going, what's going on there with Minshew? Are you in on Minshew? No. No, no, I'm not in on anyone not named Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. That's where I'm at, man. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that's I hope that's where the Broncos are going. We're going to talk about that as we get into the show. We got to say hi to our guy, Stuart McPete. What's going on, buddy? I hope you have an excellent weekend of football. Uh, we got another big one coming up here in just a few minutes. So we'll kind of do a watch party with you guys as well as uh, part of the show here with the Niners at Green Bay. And uh, man, that's going to be a, a crazy matchup, too. How are you feeling about that one? I'm nervous. I, I'm rooting for the Niners, if I'm going to be completely honest. I got Big O's, an intern over there. Obviously, the Kyle Shanahan thing, right? The Niners are kind of the adopted team of Broncos country, along with some of the Rams and their roots. How do you feel about it, man? I'm getting nervous. Uh, my sister and her fiance are big Packers fans, and uh, I'm kind of starting to get a little bit tired of the Broncos, you know, fading <laughs> into oblivion in that uh, that relationship there. So I'm pulling for the 49ers in tonight's game just for the chaos factor, too. Right. Uh, they're a fun style. Nobody runs the same exact offense, the running schemes like the 49ers do. They're just a lot of fun. Packers are the best team. But also, I mean, it's the bottom line, right? What what is most likely to bring Aaron Rodgers to Denver? A Packers yeah. first the first game loss over. Uh, that makes it more probable. So that's what I'm leaning for. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. 
Yeah, man, me too. I want to see Aaron Rodgers get mad at the coaching staff and at everybody again in a, some snafu, a timeout snafu, Vic Fangio-esque, things like that. But I got to say what's up to my guy, DeAndre Weatherspoon, a huge fan and, and friend of ours here at MHH. Uh, Ruben's in the house. Hunter, agree 1,000%. Of course you do. You're watching MHI where we, everyone always agrees with us on anything from Broncos to worldly takes. Uh, I want to say hello to a few more folks. We've got Holden Adams in the house saying go Niners and go Bills. Do not forget, we got Josh Allen playing tomorrow. But before we start mm -hmm. talking a little Josh Allen as well, how about my guy Logan Wilson, dude, out there, man? I had I wanted the Broncos to take him so bad. I was at his pro day in Laramie. And, uh, man, to see him pretty much win that game at the at the end for the Bengals was super impressive. Yeah, the uh, not to go too far down the tracks, but the Wyoming Cowboys uh, have another linebacker to keep your eyes out on this cycle. I think he's going to be down in Mobile, so everybody heading down for the Senior Bowl can see him. Uh, Chad Muma, I think he's 6'4", mm -hmm. 250. He can move around pretty darn well, so I'm excited <laughs> to see him. He'll, he'll be a day-two player, um, maybe a future Denver Bronco, um, but keep yeah. your eyes out for him. Yeah, man, it's it's draft season. We're going to have the best coverage here at Maha Huddle, so stay tuned for that. Go over to MahaHuddle.com where you can always check out our written content as well. Our guy Mike is in the house saying, what's up, Broncos country? Joining the show. Thank you for joining MHI. He's Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson, and away we go. Nick, today, Broncos insider Mike Kliss, uh, I don't want to say that he he gave groundbreaking news because I think that would be a little overdramatic, but he revealed something regarding the Broncos head coaching search. And that something is that John Elway and Joe Ellis have been involved, but involved from afar. Does that make any sense? I mean, what do you make of, of Mike Kliss's tweet? Yeah. Yeah. I guess just let's take it direct quote here. Team CEO Joe, Joe Ellis advisor, John Elway observed most of the interviews via zoom and were available for cues near the end. Uh, agent source meant something that the big guys were in there uh, for the Broncos. To me, I think this is probably best case scenario. These are guys that can answer some questions about the organization and be somebody that Peyton maybe doesn't know exactly how things have worked in Denver and Dove Valley. Uh, sands the ownership so these guys elway working in operations and joe ellis can answer it but uh, i won't i mean i'm not going to tell anybody in broncos country that if they get some bad vibes from joe ellis and john elway you know crowding in those rooms i, I do too a little bit it, it concerns me especially you're know, talking about last year george payton you know felt like oh i owed john elway and drew lock to give another shot last year i want george payton to go in with outside any influence for owing joe ellis or john elway anything go out there and make the denver broncos better um so it, it, it does make me a little bit concerned with those guys being a part of the interviews. Me too. It feels stale and it feels like a direction that we were told they were going away from. They being Joe Ellis and John Elway. Now, Mark Kisla and Mike Kliss both dropped an article last week or this week, rather that uh, John Elway, it feels like the reports that he's interested in working for the team beyond this year with an ownership capacity, a group that remains to be seen, but it just, I don't know where John Elway's head's at. I don't know if he's right when I thought he was stepping away. It's like the Godfather line, right? They pull me back in. And, and now you see John coming back into the fold. I hated the articles, not because of who wrote them, but because for the first time in my life, it feels like John Elway's desperate. And that's a bizarre thing. I, I can't believe I'm saying it into a microphone. He's the Duke of Denver. I mean, all of these Super Bowls, he's been a part of the winning ones and most of the losing ones as well. So for me, you really got to wonder, Joe Ellis, John Elway, what's their contract look like? Joe Ellis yeah. talked about wanting to transition the team in the spring. But John Elway, how long is he on the books? I'm having a hard time trying to find his contract. GM's contracts and Broncos brass, it's really hard to find those things. Uh, but it makes me wonder where the future of the, for the Broncos go with John Elway. Yeah, I mean, ownership group, who knows? I mean, he's still the Duke of Denver. Uh, Peyton Manning. I'm not sure. Maybe we have Nick on a, on a quick hold. Oh, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, here. maybe Luke's gone um, anyway, but I'm here still. Uh, maybe it's a technical difficulty. Scott, let me know in the background if I'm still working here. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the talk here with John away, it just, it, it gives bad vibes. I have Leadhead 78 coming in here saying uh, I'm, I'm getting bad vibes from the head coaching process. Pray I'm wrong. And Peyton proves it's not warranted. It's just the whole, you know, 
the last six years have been such a dark cloud in Denver. You see in the Chargers, uh, they didn't make the playoffs this year, but making the, the Raiders making the playoffs, the Chargers, the franchise quarterback, the Chiefs over and over again, and a lot of Broncos country, deservedly so, is looking towards the horizon, better things in the future for the Broncos, and they don't want to go back. So John Elway, maybe he's getting a little bit of recency bias in the wrong way uh, with what he's done con- versus what he's done for his entire career. But again, just bad vibes. I'm ready for a new era in Denver and Joe Ellis and Peyton being involved in the interview process at all. It warrants questioning, you know, just, just the overall involvement and the direction for the Broncos team. Yeah. And speaking of that, before we get over to Peter real quick, Mike Liss had to clarify some things regarding that tweet. Uh, so per Mike Liss at Mike Liss, to be clear, this is Peyton's deal. Ellis slash Elway are Zoom observers. Only made sense to have Ellis available in case candidates had questions about pending ownership transition. Peyton has full authority to pick the next Broncos head coach. So um, wondering what's going on with Joe Ellis. When is he going to announce what's going on with the team now that the Kaiser lawsuit has been squashed? I expect him to talk soon as it's the only thing that makes sense. But um, come on, man, head coaching candidates are going to wonder about the ownership. Yeah, they might wonder, but it's not going to keep them from ultimately accepting a position with the Denver Broncos. But before we go any further, Peter Middleton weighing in with a good question. Nick, do you think it matters that the Bengals offensive coordinator just had a Zoom meeting? I wonder if the result today makes George Payton take notice. I mean, what what do you mean by the result today? Because I saw a game that the quarterback went out there and made some plays, but also the offensive line was terrible and made the the whole offense kind of disconjointed there. So uh, maybe you give him the give him a second interview more so because he was gypped, gypped, quote unquote, the Zoom meeting. Maybe you want to give him a little bit more of that in-person flavor just to make it uh, make it a little bit more fair for him. Uh, but I wasn't super duper impressed with the Bengals offensive scheme today, more so than I was impressed with Joe Burrow making some plays and reemphasizing the point that we've said here for months. I mean, it's simple, stupid, but like if you don't have a quarterback, good freaking luck. We'll see you again next season as we re-roll the dice because you're not going anywhere. Yeah, that's a good question, Peter, because as Broncos country watches these playoff games, we start to wonder, right? Could one of these coaches be the Broncos head coach next year? And I really, really liked the play out of Joe Burrow, but it frustrated me that Mm. uh, his offensive system didn't seem to allow for quick passes at all. And that attributed to a lot of the sacks, nine of them, I think, is what we officially tacked it on and i think they had said on the on correct me if i'm wrong on the telecast that only donovan McNabb had won a playoff game with eight sacks um and now joe burrow just did it with nine i mean absolutely incredible but the quarterback is more important than the than the head coach folks make no uh bones about that i mean just look at what joe burrow did and and that whole team i mean it's an impressive win but uh let's let's get garrett in the house real quick and, and get his thoughts I'm about to watch the Green Bay Packer game, and it's a hard choice on which team to choose for rooting. Man, I hear you, right? Because at Broncos country, you want to see Aaron Rodgers have some success, right? You want to see that Nathaniel Hackett, that uh, you want to see reasons that he should be your head coach. But you got some love for the Niner gang, bang, bang, Niner game and Shanahan and on the roots. Man, it's tough. I hear you. Yeah, it'll be a fun game. I'm a huge fan of Debo Samuel. I'm a huge fan of Fred Warner. I'm a huge fan of Nick Bosa's game as well. Uh, So I'm pulling for the Niners. Uh, Should be a fun team. Also, I think it makes it interesting for the dynamic going forward. Like what happens if the Reiner, the Niners ride Jimmy G all the way to a Super Bowl and they have Trey Lance sitting there with the, you know, former number three overall pick who they traded up so much to get. I'm, I'm here for the chaos, right? If my, if the Broncos are bad, just give me whatever results in the most chaotic and fun. Uh, Cause that I think is, we can all get a little bit from that, you know, just laughing in the background at everything burning, but uh, at least everybody's burning with us. Yeah, man, it's going to be interesting to see. I just I don't want the games to be blowouts like last weekend. Oh, yeah. That really, really sucked, you know, because you get so much hope and then you're arranging your day. Remember that Broncos country? Remember the playoffs, what that was like when you used to arrange your day around these games and stuff like that? So we can only hope that um, the, these games, especially San Fran and Green Bay, I don't want anybody hurt, obviously. that's That'd be horrible for the next round. That could be... Yeah. Uh, disastrous for the Broncos if they want to get Aaron Rodgers or knock on wood there. But uh, yeah, man, you know, I don't know that George Payton, I think he was leaning one way when he started the head coaching gig search rather, but 
Man, I, I don't know. I don't know where he's at. Eric Bieniemy, I think, was the latest on Friday to interview. Um, things are sealed up over there in Dove Valley. Have you heard anything about the coaching process and preferences? I think that the Giants opening up maybe through a wrench in things. Um, that is the one where I think there was some connections there with Dan Quinn and Peyton. And I think if Dan Quinn, if the, if the Bronco or Dan Quinn would accept the Broncos position, I think that's who they would go with. Uh, but Dan Quinn is a New Jersey native. Um, there's a lot of NFL respect between the Mara family, just how loyal they are. I mean, given Dave Gettleman year after year, uh, they're not getting it right. I mean, gosh, just, just the loyalty uh, for those quarterbacks and whatnot, you know, they're going to support you, give you a pretty good contract as well. So, I think the Giants opening up might switch things a bit where all of a sudden Giants position opens up. Uh, they're waiting to have their general manager. They might have just hired a general manager, actually, uh, just recently. But Dan Quinn is apparently going to get a hard, long look there. And as soon as yep. that opened up, all of a sudden you see all the connections with, oh, maybe Gannon's the guy, which to me sounds like the Broncos PR kind of pivoting to be like, uh-oh, Quinn might not be the favorite here. He might not be coming to Denver anymore. Let's pivot to a guy, put some focus, flame a guy up that uh, maybe is going to be the fallback option so people aren't at least you know, freaking out uh, when Quinn spurs the Broncos. Worst case scenario, but that just it kind of feels like there was a pivot there with that uh, narrative. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think with Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn in the New York Giants makes a ton of sense, especially with the Russell Wilson connection to New York as well. Do not yeah. forget that. And I hear you, Broncos country. They say, why would Russell Wilson want to go to New York over Denver? I mean, it's the market. It's not necessarily the team. So it's maybe Carmelo Anthony, Lala-esque. I'm not going to get into the personal lives because i don't know either of those folks but that's what it feels like at least yeah. uh let's let's get gary's thoughts real quick gary asking a good question here nick what do you what do your gut feelings tell you about the impending coach hire mine tell me that nathaniel ha it's nathaniel hackett unless he makes a deep run in the playoffs which to me tilts the scale towards quinn dan quinn and the cowboys and kellen moore obviously knocked out last week uh but here we go. Nathaniel Hackett, all eyes on you as the Green Bay Packers and Niners have just started. Uh, what do you what do you make on Gary's question about Nathaniel Hackett? And what do your gut feelings tell you right now, Nick? My gut feelings still tell me Quinn is the guy, but I do think that Hackett or Gannon have a very real possibility as well. I thought it was interesting also. Mike Kliss fired back at somebody today saying those are the 10 candidates they've hired, they've interviewed so far, making it sound like the second interviews could have maybe a different candidate as well mm. that could come into the fold for that second interview. Somebody maybe even circumventing that first round. So it will be interesting to see what happens there. My gut still tells me Quinn. Uh, there's just been too much smoke and fire there. The connections make sense. It is a relationship league. So people you've worked with in the past, those guys try to buddy up. It's same with coaching staff staffs. It's same with general manager or front office staff as well. Uh, so that one, I, I just makes a lot of sense for it to be Quinn. But again, the giant stuff, I feel like there's a little bit of smoke there. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. And we got Gary leads Palmer. Hey, Nick and Luke. Hello to you, Gary. Hope you're doing well. Happy Saturday. GLP, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. Uh, speaking of GLP, Gary Leeds Palmer, all of our friends and our family at Mile High Huddle. These are some of our, our top super super chat superstars. That's a that's a tongue twister. Let's go down the top 10. Really appreciate you guys. Uh, we got the DWI guys rocking at number one. Christopher Gaspari, Michaela Parker, Robbie Nunns, Mark from Georgia, DW96734. And our gal, Pabby, is back. Pabby, welcome back. We've missed you. Thoughts and prayers with your family. Uh, we've got our friend Christy. She's always in the house showing us love. Sam BBM, Vincent Pawlowski, Tanner Hulse, EJ, Discount Audio and Wheels. Man, look at all the love we're getting. Our guy, Naj. There's our guy, Naj. Paul, 8026, Casey Nickel, Corey H., Cody W., John clay chris hernandez one of my guys and 727 mil all you guys are rocking as our top super chat superstars thank you so much for keeping the lights on especially with draft season for a lot of other publications they check out as soon as the year is over not us we check in draft season we've got a, a nut list of guys that just are addicted to the nfl draft nick it's it's yeah. what we do you start all the way in the fall i start right now uh but man mile high huddle is the place to be because of the people hell man i'm already ready i got some names written down for 2023 let's go man the obvious <laughs> talent is obvious man when they flash i'm like oh get me Arch out there. Manning. i can't I'm wait in. i'm in I, 
I love it, man. Wisconsin's got a running back who just turned 18 years old. And I swear to God, if I was his father, I'd be like, you're sitting out the next two seasons. You're a bleeping running back. You're, there's no way you should be playing. Um, he's too good already. Uh, so it'll be fun to see what happens here in the next few seasons. Hopefully the Broncos can get it on the right track here. Obviously we got the game coming down the track. Uh, I, you've been taking my temperature here on the coaching search. I want to get your temperature mm-hmm. on the coaching search right now. Are there yeah. any, everybody's been talking Gannon. Everybody's been talking Quinn Hackett, rightfully so the big three guys right now, I guess maybe not Gannon. Maybe I'm going to have you sell me on Gannon. Is there somebody besides those three that you think is maybe worth that second tier interview? That's as, has made you pause and being like, you know, maybe this is the guy to lead the ship for the Broncos going forward. I actually feel a lot better about Nathaniel Hackett than I did initially. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I had a lot of that fan optimism. Like I just want to get Aaron Rodgers at any cost, but trying to do some research on, on Hackett and where he comes from and who he is. It's really tough when he's never been connected to the Broncos. Uh, so many times, like you said, you see these coaches kind of come and go. And now you're hearing Ed Donatel might go to Seattle as a defensive coordinator. But for me right now, I'd like to see Nathaniel Hackett get a shot and maybe Luke Getze. Um, not only does he have a brilliant name, but uh, it's just one of those things where I'd be curious to see how he matures Luke Getze as a play yeah. caller. Um, if things don't work out with Nathaniel Hackett, he's put in his time. He's definitely climbed the ranks. And Aaron Rodgers likes this kid. And I think there's something for that, too. You know, Aaron Rodgers is um, a different cat. But he's an elite quarterback and he's in the conversation for MVP. So when the MVP is tying um, tying himself closely to young offensive minds and he's not a brainiac, he's not a O'Connell, he's not a coach McVay type coach. But I'm curious for sure about Nathaniel Hackett. Luke gets. Yeah, for me, I think I'm I would put my my fist down on the table, bang the table for Kevin O'Connell out of the other guys, uh, just because of how close he's been tied to Sean McVay. And I am dying for a pass scheme where you can isolate a matchup and make your first read be the guy that's open Uh, for the Broncos just for years. It's been like, okay, we have multiple reads based on, you know, what the defense is doing, where you should go with the football, but a lot of times it's pretty hard on the quarterback. And also that's not always isolating your Cortland Sutton, your Jerry Judy's in the best matchups. So I want somebody who can isolate a player in space, a space, a playmaker in space and take advantage of that and make it easy for the quarterback position. I mean, we saw it with Jared mm-hmm. Goff. Uh, I know that they, and they, they do a good job with the play action game as well, which is about pushing the ball down the field. You don't make explosive plays unless you're trying to make explosive plays. And I think that the Rams do an excellent job with that as good as anybody, especially in the past game. So, um, Give me O'Connell. I think he's one that uh, maybe you don't have the same institutional leadership, which is what Peyton is looking for. I mean, he's preaching about that a lot, but I just want somebody to come in and make the job easy for the quarterback. Let's create some explosive plays. And by doing that, I think you do the best, especially with the weapons they have already on this team. You do the best job of potentially creating a nest or a great opportunity and environment for a quarterback to come up and capitalize for what the Broncos have already here in Denver. I'm curious about O'Connell, too, because something's got to change, and it can't just be the same old defense. And I am souring on Quinn just a little, and it's not because of last week, because I thought Kellen Moore actually did more damage than Dan Quinn. Um, You know, at a certain point, your offense has just got to make smart calls. Uh, You've got to compete, and you've just got to execute. And so I felt like the Cowboys defense was left out there to hang a little bit, but you know, the Cowboys lost boo hoo. Right. Uh, It's one of those things with Dan Quinn, where it's just schematically for me, the four, three, right. That's what the Broncos would be going for. Um, We're talking right now about coaches and we want coaches to do and fit their game plans with what they have and their talents with their players. Well, I'm just not sold that this defense is ready to be converted overnight into a four, three. So uh, there was one comment out there that said Nathaniel Hackett called plays for Jacksonville. That is absolutely 100% correct. Uh, I called it with Jake or Jake Blake Bortles, former Bronco quarterback, right? Uh, The mature one of them all. If you guys remember that story, Mm -hmm. but um, I think to his point, while that was not a sexy offense with Nathaniel Hackett and the Jacksonville Jaguars, he ran the hell out of the ball. He didn't ask Blake Bortles to do things that were out of his out of his norm. And that's what made that that team work. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know who's making it work today for us? Tabitha coming in here, giving us the stars. Thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, thank all you. the contributions here. We also got Jacob coming in. Hello, and thank you to Jacob Foster. Thanks so much. Uh, all of our contributors, hey, uh, maybe you're working your way up on our list of monthly 
all the 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 top scoreboard of our monthly contributors. So thank you guys so much uh, getting a chance to uh, support us. Keep the lights on for the offseason. I know it's kind of a slow one. I see that we have a touchdown for the Packers. A.J. Dillon knocking it in there for Boston College running back. Very explosive, but an absolute unit. Uh, Packers take the early lead versus the San Francisco 49ers. There you go, Nathaniel Hackett, right? Calling some running plays. Right uh, committing to the run. How would you like that with Javante Williams? But, Nick, do you see Melvin Gordon going off on Twitter? You, you know I had to bring this up, man. He's trying to get his respect out there. And I just, man, don't let the door hit you on the way out. I appreciate the fact that you played well this year. I do, but I do not want Melvin Gordon back this year. Um, uh, this next season, I, I think his time has come, and I think he'll get a good payday from another team in the league. Yeah, no, he'll get it. He'll definitely somebody will give him some cash. Uh, maybe it'll be Denver. I've heard it does sound like he might take a slight hometown discount to come here, especially if the Broncos upgrade the quarterback position. But God, so many hurdles to cross until we get there. So we'll see what happens. We got Mr. Boggins coming in here with his list of uh, candidates here. He says, uh, I'm guessing this is head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, uh, Quinn McDaniel Durd. Dirt. Who's Durd? That name is not ringing a bell for me. Is that one? You got to let us know who that is off the top of your head. That one's not making much sense to me. Yeah, I'm trying to Aiden. Is it Aiden Durd, former football player of the Atlanta Falcons? Looks like he was a linebacker. He's currently the defensive line coach of the Dallas mm. Cowboys. So okay. Boggins is going deep on that one. And I like yeah, where his head is so. at because it's a it's a it's a who you know business. It's these guys have to trust each other. So that would be Dan Quinn bringing his coaching corps and, and the D line for Dallas. Man, that's not their weak point, not at all. And uh, that's that's interesting. Um, again, we don't know that the coaching search is over, so we might hear some other names. But here's the tweet. Thanks for pulling it up, Scott, um, that Melvin Gordon put out there earlier this week. And this is at Melvin Gordon 25. Bro, I, uh, I get more shade than anyone in the league, hands down. Uh, I know NFL teams know what's up, but come on, man, in reference to top free agent running backs with Cord Cordero Patterson ranked at number one. Go to milehighhuddle.com. I think Kenneth Booker's working on something there or it already pubbed. Uh, Leonard Fournette at number two. James Conner, number three. Chase Edmonds, number four. And Sony Michelle, number five, as the top free agent running backs. Uh, what do you think of that tweet, Nick? Do you think Melvin Gordon was slighted out of the top five? I think he was slighted out of the top five. I think that after number one, I mean, honestly, I, you know how I am. I really like the tears personally. That's, I think that's the best way to do it. I think you could put Melvin Gordon up with any of these guys. Um, Fournette has going to be on his what third contract as well. Uh, he's been really good, but maybe a little bit limited also on a much better offense overall. Tom Brady um, led there with the uh, Buccaneers, James Conner and Chase Edmonds been good this season. I think honestly, they didn't run on that uh, lean on the running backs enough there in Arizona. And then Sony Michelle, he's been meh. Uh, I think Connors Edmonds and Michelle are probably slightly younger than Melvin Gordon, but I put Melvin Gordon up right up there with any of these guys. I really, I think that he's, he's right to feel slighted. He out of this list. I wouldn't, but all, every single one of these guys has a claim to the top five. I would say. Has Melvin Gordon ever not felt slighted? I mean, first it was Philip Lindsay, you know, now it's, and then it was Broncos yeah. country doesn't like me. And then, you know, now it's, Man, it's always whining with that guy. I'm not sure. Um, I see a comment in here. I'm trying to find it. It's from Clee, uh, our friend. Appreciate you weighing in on MHI, saying maybe Mike Boone can replicate his four carries for 35 yards season again. Um, Mike Boone obviously being out for some time. I, you know, Melvin Gordon played well. He really did. But the fumbling issues at key moments yeah. is something that really, really bothers me. But it's not going to refrain from him getting a deal. We both agree that that money is coming for Melvin. So no need to feel bad for uh, Flash Gordon. Dave Glassman, our friend weighing in, I'll never be the top donator until I hit the lottery, but I appreciate you guys and will continue to do all that I can. Go Von Miller and the Rams, not worried about the picks, rooting for the Vonster. Dave, we are rooting for you. Appreciate your support so much. Uh, it's not about how much you can give. It's about the time that you spend with us, our interactions. Life mm -hmm. is short. Um, we can't just, you know, in the current circumstances, keep to ourselves. We need to branch out. We need to check on one another. We need to be friends. We need to engage. And uh, Dave, really appreciate you being a friend of the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Dave. Yeah, it doesn't if you turn the, keep the lights on for us, you know, every little bit helps obviously, but that's not, 
That's not what it's about. It's about hanging out in here, talking ball, having fun with the Broncos, even when the team is letting us down, still can come in here and vent and uh, have a catharsis together. You know, maybe, maybe an awakening as well. Uh, we got this question coming in here for Leroy Williams. Um, I wanted to get to this one. Maybe Scott could correct me on some of these things later on, but Patterson, Cordero Patterson was a receiver. Guess he's converted to a running back. Yes, he has. I know you guys watching the 49ers right now. You've probably seen a little bit of Debo Samuel action, running in the backfield, jet sweeps, you know, motioning into the backfield. Kind of Cordell Patterson as well. Obviously, Debo Samuel, much better receiver than Cordell Patterson ever material, uh, materialated into. But Patterson's a really good player. If the Broncos bring in Mike McDaniel, I am going to be banging the table to sign Cordell Patterson because he would be so fun uh, with that offensive scheme that the 49ers like to run. And I think McDaniel would do a lot of creative things to get Patterson a ball. I mean, Patterson is a freak athlete still. I know he's a little older, but because he played wide receiver, it's not the same level of hits that a lot of these running backs his age have accumulated. And he's yeah. just, I mean, so dynamic. He plays H back, plays slot, plays running back, uh, really a positionless type of player. Wasn't he with Chicago initially? Uh, initially, um, initially he was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, okay. I think maybe he was with the Chicago for a little, yeah, little I see, bit. I see Scott kind of nodding his head. Looks like he bounced around. Uh, He's the with the NFC. Patriots too. The Patriots would motion him in the backfield and get him a couple carries a game where it's like, oh my okay. gosh, like he looks like an absolute unit. Why don't they do that more often? And uh, the 40, or the, excuse me, the Falcons really leaned, to, leaned into it this season. Uh, Cordell Patterson, man, he was one of my best <laughs> fantasy players this year. So I really appreciated him uh, from the running back position. Great name. Absolutely love it. Get him. Yeah. Sign him right now. We, him and Luke Getzey, and I'm 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 in. We're, we're ready. We're ready More to playmakers. go. Yeah, yeah, we're ready to go. But guys, this is Nick Kendall, Luke Patterson, Scott on the ones and twos, MHI on Saturday night, part of Mile High Huddle. Um, let's see here. Leroy, that was a great question because we've got uh free agents. Don't forget that. All right. Like I know our eyes are on the NFL draft, but George Payton has a whole team of pro scouts that are currently still evaluating talent with players um, on other teams, not named Aaron Rodgers in this uh, current postseason run. So let us know who some of your favorite players are in this game. San Francisco and Green Bay. Obviously, Devontae Adams sticks out there. But man, George Kittle, Jimmy G, can you get my guy the ball? George Kittle, don't we all love watching football when George Kittle gets the ball? I mean, don't get me wrong, Nick. I get so pumped when I see George Kittle put a linebacker on their ass or just throw an awesome block, but I'm ready to see some points for George. Yeah, I love George Kittle. Um, he His dad is a lawyer up in Cedar Rapids, which is not far from where I grew up, uh, so I love George Kittle. Never materialized in Iowa because of the injuries, but that's why you don't quit on talent. It's very frustrating that he went one pick after the Broncos spent a fifth-round pick on a tight end. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, what is that? Sliding Doors? Was that the show in the 90s, the movie in the 90s about how you know, things can change or things in history can change? So who knows? But I love George Kittle. It'd be a lot of fun to uh, see him go on in the playoffs and keep representing tight end you, the University of Iowa. Yeah, man, it's uh, Iowa. You guys put out so many tight ends and uh, some decent linebackers. I absolutely love it. Mark weighing in. Well, guys, I'm going to sign off and watch you guys tomorrow in the rerun. My wife is wanting me to watch her Packers with her. Hag, Hag in Broncos country. <laughs> I don't know if I should have said that last line, but we appreciate you watching, guys. You guys can always uh, get these podcasts at your convenience wherever you download podcasts, whether iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook. We have got your back. This is MHI with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. You can find Nick on Twitter at Nick Kendall MHH. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. And uh, I want to get to this, this comment real quick from Rohit. Hi, Denver Broncos country. I'm a huge fan of the show. I would like Thank to know if it's either Hackett or Quinn. Who do you see as their coordinators? That's really interesting, right? If it's Hackett, um, I think you see Luke Getze immediately as a promotion for offensive coordinator. Remember, guys, you're not going to see lateral transfers. If someone's an offensive coordinator at another place, they're not going to come here to be an offensive coordinator. That's almost a certainty, right, with the rules and everything else like that. Uh, but defensive coordinator, Nick, we're not really talking a lot about that. Uh, that's that's the mystery one for me. Obviously, Gerard Mayo, that would be ideal, but everyone says the Houston Texans, a.k.a. Patriots South, might grab him up. Who do you like for a D.C. for Dan Quinn or a Nathaniel Hackett? God, this is going to be such a cop-out. Can we keep Ed Donatel? I really like the Vic Fangio scheme. I know that's not going to happen, but he's still here. Um, and Interesting. I think we're going to see it with the tomorrow night with the Bills versus the Chiefs. The Bills are going to live in too high till the cows come home, and they're not going to blitz Patrick Mahomes. They're going to make – they're going to rush four with the length they have on the edge and keep their two safeties deep. And that's 
we have data. That's what Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and the Chargers struggle against. So you want to come in here and you want to play a cover three heavy scheme, which the data says you do not do against Patrick Mahomes. Hell no. So I, I mean, how's Donatel going to do, would do without Vic Fangio? Who knows? I get a lot of people. Oh, we want a more aggressive style defense. I get it. In, in, in an ideal world, you can play cover zero rush and cover on the outside and get a sack or an interception every time. Right. But this isn't Madden. Um, and you're going up against some elite weapons and quarterbacks. I think it's more important to not give up explosive pass plays and touchdowns to those guys. So uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe at Donatel, I don't know. Um, it would be interesting. I'm kind of waiting to see how these guys come in. I remember that you talked about the, um, the Dan Quinn discussion earlier about the four, three, three, four. Can we just mm-hmm. as a society move on? Like we're, we live in a four, two, five uh, nickel or sub sub package world these days where I think 70% of the plays come with five defensive backs on the field. I think uh, we need to start discussing, you know, the coverages that these teams lean into, whether it be the cover one, cover two, man, cover three, match quarters, et cetera. And the defensive line techniques that we have, you know, whether it be two gapping, one gapping, gap and a half if we really want to get into the nitty-gritty with uh Vic Fangio's defense and whatnot. But the four three three four, I think it's a little bit it's a little bit dated as far as the understanding of the game. Sorry, Clus. I love you, Clus. <laughs> sorry, Clus. Yeah, um yeah, I'd push back on that a little bit. I think the style okay. uh, you're right with with uh, it's a passing league, Nick. I mean, unless you're yeah. facing a Derrick Henry uh, and even today, you saw it was a passing game. Um you've got to have those DBs and the Broncos have some decent DBs right now. They can always improve and they must get better, don't get me wrong, but uh yeah, that's interesting. Ed Donatel. I'm curious why people would say, no, nah, I'm not really not into that, looking for something more aggressive, because I don't know what an Ed Donatel defense looks like. <laughs> um, Vic Fangio wouldn't let him do anything. So I would tell you I'd be really upset if we saw Ed Donatel go to Seattle with Wagner and and turn Adams back into the player that we thought he was going to be. Um, man, that would be really, really tough. But I think George Payton wants a new start. And Peter asking another good question. Surprise cut. Who is it this year? Surprise, though, please. Man, surprise cut. We're predicting the future. Um, it's got to be a big one. It can't be like a a punt returner or... I have one that's maybe not that big, but um, it could save the Broncos about $3 million, um in cap space. Mike Purcell, you might have a defense changing here. He was kind of not really a bit difference maker for the Broncos this season. And if you're not going to be playing much zero technique snaps uh, with the defensive change coming forward, you can save that money and maybe invest in a, a younger, more versatile defensive lineman type. Yeah, okay. Um, I- I'm going to go with Alexander Johnson. I, I think you've like, got to, can't, he can't be cut. He's a free agent. Is he a free agent? How about Josie yep. Jewell? Is he on the one? Josie's year? a free agent. Kenny free Young's agent a free too? agent. Alexander okay. Johnson's a free agent. All the linebackers. Okay. So you can't cut them. Oh man. Here we go. That is tough. Um, surprise cut, surprise cut. I'll do something absolutely crazy just for the sake of doing it and to piss Broncos country off. What about Brandon McManus? What if we cut him? What if George just wants to get rid of all the Super Bowl 50 type stuff? Start fresh. Uh, he's the last player on the team. Uh, I know he's beloved in the locker room, but uh, he's a kicker. He's an expensive kicker. You know, he's always looking for a new deal. So uh, surprise cut. Let's just go for Brandon McManus for the hell of it, even though I don't think he's ultimately going anywhere. Yeah, no, I don't think that's one that will probably happen. Uh, the only one, I mean, this is a tough one because the Broncos are so good with their contracts uh, for the most part. They don't really have a lot of vets that are on deals that are horrible um, that they can move on. I mean, if let's say you could save a hundred percent of Shelby Harris's contract, maybe we're having that conversation, but you're going to have negative uh, dead. You'd actually lose money moving on from Shelby Harris rather than saving money when cutting him. So Mike, uh, Mike Purcell is the only one that is immediately obvious for me. Maybe you're talking about Brandon McManus. Maybe you're talking about Sam Martin as well. Uh, the both Brandon Mc, McMissus. I mean, gosh, shout out to the uh, McPherson talking about the mix. I know the Scottish kickers there. That's what's got me going right now. Right yeah. now I'm like for the first time in my life, I'm thinking about kickers in the NFL draft just because of the Cincinnati Bengals and holding Adams weighing in Cameron uh, Dicker, the kicker from Texas, Luke. Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't, I'm being facetious obviously, but no Shelby Harris. I think that's another interesting name, but the finances have to match the cut. Uh, yeah. You're exactly right. George Payton wants to keep this team in good shape. Uh, our friend Jay Roper's active in the chat saying he wants Marquette King back, man. Oh, 
boy, Marquette, 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 Marquette. No, Marquette will not be coming back to the Denver Broncos. But, Jay, I'm with you. At least it was entertaining summer with Marquette yeah. King here in Denver. <laughs> Here's a couple more names that maybe would be surprises as well. Um, this is more of a camp cut rather than ones that are salary cap. But later on, maybe McTelvin Ajim. You know, he's been inactive for two seasons yeah. in a row. We haven't seen him. Former third-round pick. Maybe you have somebody on the back end of that defensive line or a couple of draft picks uh, that are refortifying the defensive line where you're moving on from McTelvin Ajim. And then everybody's a preseason darling who's sunset so quickly. Uh, Justin Cernod. Um, not bringing much to special teams, fifth round pick. I know you still have two years of control left, but like, where is he even playing? Uh, given his limitations, uh, doesn't look very good in starting, not really athletic out there for special teams. Maybe somebody are moving on from, I know we're talking about a fifth round pick here, uh, yeah. but still that's one no, that's two years removed from the draft. Yeah, no. And he was a guy that I was super high on and it's been a little disappointing. If I'm going to be honest, he came on a little bit towards the end of the year. Um, I liked his effort and I liked his play, but Let's talk about maybe a surprise bench now that that my my brain is going on. Man, what surprises could I see? Cush, Lloyd Cushenberry, you need to improve, mm -hmm. bud. I mean, mm -hmm. you Broncos country loves you. We love the story, the LSU. He's smart. He's a hard worker. He's humble. Um, he never throws anybody under the bus. He's accountable. I absolutely love Lloyd Cushenberry, but the the performance has just been meh. Um, he has improved. I, I would say it was an improved year, but not by a ton. And that's something that's been a little disappointing for me. Now, the Graham Glasgow restructured deal uh, for a lot of people sent off red flags with Dalton Reisner. And Dalton Reisner hasn't played as good as his rookie season. So I'm not willing to go with the Broncos giving up on Reisner. I just think they realized it was way too expensive to be keeping Graham Glasgow here for that price. So I respect the restructured deal, but it makes me curious because Graham Glasgow can play center as well. Um, maybe they're looking at a Graham Glasgow midseason change and you get Natani Moody in there or Quinn Miners. Uh, but that's a big jump, Broncos country. Quinn Miners going to center. All right. We're just starting to settle him in and get him competent with guard. I do not want to move Quinn Miners. Yeah, that would be a. I guess we'll see how it works in camp, or whatnot. You know, New Year, maybe he's one that's taken up a lot on his plate. Uh, that he's flourishing uh, with those checks, but we'll see. I mean, Cushenberry, it still has two years of control. He's uh, went from the, a bottom three center to like a bottom 10 center this year. So it's improvement. Um, and he's also <laughs> extremely cheap. Uh, you don't have to have all pros on every single line spot, as long as you're not getting killed out there. And I think Cushenberry was at least okay. Uh, you are looking to improve him, but if you try to him back out there next year, you're not going to be looking like the Bengals offensive line did uh, today. Uh, so, not the worst out there. It will be interesting to see. I think you're talking about Reisner. Reisner's one where you're not cutting him. He's still cheap. He's still competent. But you need to start planning for the future without mm -hmm. Reisner today because he's going to be in the last year of his deal. And Reisner's fine on his rookie contract, but I don't know if he's done enough out there for me to give him what will probably be a top 15 interior offensive line contract uh, when he no. hits top top 20. You don't think he's – I mean – People are desperate. He's like, oh, he's young. He's been, he's a former decently high pick. He'll, he'll probably get a decent contract. It's just kind of how the things roll over, right? It won't be one off season after it. He'll drop a bit, but he'll probably yeah. end up a top 15, 20 paid guy. And guards get paid more than centers, too. So I, I could see it. Yeah. And I don't I want to be that team. I don't want to uh, be the team right now. I hear you. I, and Nick, I love Dalton just like you do. Everybody in Broncos country does. Um, He's been very good to me in all my dealings in his camp as well. So no disrespect, but he, he would be the first to tell you that he has to improve and he has done that. And I appreciate the accountability with him. But if we are being completely honest, uh, Dalton Reisner is not a name that covets elite status as a, as a guard in the NFL. If you go to other teams and you talk to their scouts, their coaches, um, just the jag just another guy kind of so maybe the broncos feel they have dalton by the short hairs uh saying you are the local kid we do expect you to take the hometown discount a little bit don't you want to stay dalton and be part of the solution you were part of the problem right for so long that's what people have said the o-line the o-line people are still saying the o-line and that argument can be had nick i mean it's it's not awful it's not great and it's kind of average somewhere average. in between, but man, we've got some, we've got some improvements to make, but I, I don't think it's Mike Munchak. I've, I've heard that argument on um, our publication, the radio, because uh, it's a fair question. 
you know, well, Mike Munchak, dude, outside of Garrett Bowles, what the hell? Um, it's a fair question, but I wonder about Mike Munchak's future with the Broncos. Nick, have you heard anything about uh, – George Payton possibly wanting to retain him. Does Mike Munchak even want to coach anymore? I mean, where do you think Mike Munchak is at with the Denver Broncos? I think Mike Munchak might even be a feather in the cap for whatever offense or whatever coaching staff comes in here, given his track record and respect around the league with multiple coaches, multiple iterations, offensive line coach, head coach, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I think he would stick around. There has been some murmurs about Bill Kohler maybe being one that would retire, who's been a defensive line coach for the Broncos for a while, getting up there. But I think that Munchak is going to stick around. If you bring in an offensive guy, uh, and that's maybe that maybe that's a positive for bringing in Dan Quinn too, depending on what you think of uh, Mike Munchak or Gannon as well. But if you bring in an offensive guy, you might see a switch there because that offensive guy might have a specific scheme or relationship with an offensive line coach that he wants to bring in and help further implement his scheme, key concepts, development, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, I mean, you have Munchak in house. He's one of the best. He has been one of the best, maybe not the best in the league, but still very, very good top five. And uh, that's a feather in the cap. If you have that guy here, you know what I worry about is a team eventually poaching coop, right? A longtime assistant. Chris Cooper was with the dolphins, been here uh, with the Broncos for a few seasons. And I mean, ultimately made his bones as one of the toughest and smartest linemen in the Bronco room. He's very well respected. And I'd hate to see like another team, claim Cooper and and make him the official offensive line coach. Cause you got to know that's what he's aiming for. I do know that he loves living here in Denver with his family, but um, he's got goals as well. And, and being an assistant offensive line coach, I don't think it's the final step for Chris Cooper guys. This is MHI. He's Nick. I'm Luke Scott on the ones and twos. And I had to, I had to pull this up real quick. Cause it's an interesting, always makes me remember when you start talking about Broncos failed picks, Maurice weighing in with a good question. Who was the most garbage first rounder? Uh, Florida's Jarvis Moss or Paxton Lynch, man. Jarvis Moss is not a name I have heard in a, in a very long time, Nick. Do you remember the defensive end that just fizzled out here in Denver? I do. I do remember him. Uh, there was a defensive lineman, though, who the Broncos drafted that like, maybe never even played a snap for them. Um, and when they drafted him, he, uh, the Broncos bought him in and they're like, oh my gosh, how tall are you? They actually had the measurements wrong. He was much smaller than they thought. Uh, obviously the draft, uh, has changed a lot. It's a much bigger business here. <laughs> wow. Uh, but they drafted a guy who they thought he was going to be like six, three and they, they stood up next to him and he was like six, one. And it's like, oh my gosh, we drafted the wrong guy. Uh, Ted Gregory. That's the name. Ted Gregory. Klee. Klee's in there yeah, on that in. one. Klee. Nice. Ted, Ted Gregory. Gregory. Yeah, stood up next to him. And it's like, you're not this tight height. You said you were. Too bad the draft's already happened, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, to answer that question, Scotty Paxton Lynch, because it's quarterback, right? It's yeah. just it's quarterback league. I know everybody's got their sights set on quarterback and what the Broncos are going to do, and they're going to need to go ahead and and figure out what direction they're going to move in. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, we don't know what's going on there. Our good friend Kathy Lund is weighing in saying she thinks they traded up to get Moss. I think you're right. And those were towards the uh the latter ends of the Mike Shanahan coaching tenure here where i think mike at times reached a little bit and another bust i remember but if i i don't even think he was drafted or he was the seventh rounder was maurice claret drafted he was he was i think he was a third round pick i think he was, was he a third rounder third okay because i knew it yep. was yeah i knew okay compensatory that makes sense because i remember being excited maurice claret was was a bronco and they gave him a shot but it busted out early too and because yeah. at the time though nick i mean mike shanahan was producing running backs with anybody from tatum bell selling uh cell phones up at colorado mills mall and i mean anybody under the sun would rush for a thousand yards under a mike shanahan offense which is one of the reasons people are still curious about o'connell about some of these guys that are being connected with mcveigh and shanahan and kubiak and those sort of things and it makes broncos country very excited because it's familiar and it's worked in the past yeah i mean and it's i mean we've all seen the picture of all the head coaches from that dynasty all right i get the three and 13 washington football team that uh, have gone on to do great things and lafleur and uh kyle shanahan and sean mcveigh so that that offense there is some staying power there as it being the the flavor and 
they do such a good job of just making it simple, making it simple on the quarterback, making the run concepts not far from simple, but like, Hey, if you have less guys in the box, we're going to run it to where there's less guys. I mean, football sometimes is pretty simple. It's getting into those situations and forcing defenses into spots where they're uncomfortable. And you can take advantage of those numbers, which they do in a phenomenal job at, but uh, man, I would, just give me some of that magic. I, I was just thinking the other day, like, man, if we could go back time machine, there's obviously much better usage for the time machine, but 2018, uh, not hiring Kyle Shanahan, not drafting Josh mm-hmm. Allen, letting Shaq Barrett walk. Like, gosh, how different, how different things would be. We'd, we wouldn't have a show right now. Cause the Broncos would be playing. <laughs> yeah, man. And you know, Kyle, uh, Kyle, Kyle definitely threw down in the yeah. interview, in the interview process. The Broncos were very impressed with Kyle Shanahan, but, uh, Peter Middleton, again, weighing in with some love and some support. How many draft picks will we sign after a possible quarterback trade? Currently, there's 11. I, I mean, who knows? Uh, the Broncos like the wheel and deal. We saw George Payton moving up and down the draft board. They could, they are going to probably move on from some for a quarterback. Sounds like that's plan A. Uh, so you, I wouldn't expect the Bronx to have all these picks. I'd also, it would be great great of them to use some of those picks and trade back and get themselves a foot up for 2023. Um, I always like to be a team that has excess draft yeah. capital because you Plan put yourself in a situation, not, not only playing for the future, but it could be playing for the now too. I mean, I think it was Clayus Campbell came over to the Ravens from Jacksonville for a fifth round pick. Um, the, the, the Eagles brought in uh Bennett, who was obviously with the Eagle or with the Seahawks there for a while, then the Patriots, and they brought him in, and he was a big part of that Super Bowl pass rush as well. I think they gave up like a fourth round pick for him. Having those extra picks gives you a lot of flexibility where you can trade for vets or be aggressive in the quarterback market or et cetera, et cetera, without really mortgaging your future. I think that's fair. And, and, um, yeah, George Payton, that, I, I think that matches probably some of his philosophy. I think George Payton is a planner. Uh, he likes to think five steps ahead instead of just two. And uh, I'm curious to see what he does. I don't think, obviously, the Broncos are going to use 11 draft picks. Um, not the direction George Payton's going to go. Kevin weighing in, saying, you guys probably already answered this, but why do you think Brian Flores wasn't considered in the Broncos' top five head coaching jobs? For me, that's easy. Uh, I was wondering, and I wanted Brian Flores here at least to get an interview, but this tells me that George Payton is not interested in the New England Patriots style or philosophy of of doing things. Um, I, I think he's leaning a little bit more towards things that he's ran in Minnesota, things that he's familiar with in Miami. Uh, I, I just don't see it with with the Patriots tree and the Broncos ever again. Yeah, I've, my understanding is that George Payton and Miami Dolphins uh, general manager Chris Peterson is our, as close as can be. Like, that might actually be his best friend in the world. And they talk a lot. I mean, there's a lot of talk last year. The Broncos may be trading up to six overall if a quarterback yep. falls that they like there because of the relationship between Payton and Peterson. And uh, obviously there was a Peterson versus Brian Flores feud power dynamic struggle there in Miami that the ownership ends up leaning towards Peterson instead of Flores. So I don't think that there is interest there because of the relationship between Peyton and Peterson. Peterson's probably saying Peyton, like, listen, this guy, I mean, he's a good coach, but like tough work environment, uh, really hard to work with in general, his way or the highway, um, not collaborative, et cetera. I'm just spitballing here. I don't have any mm-hmm. idea for sure, but I'd imagine that's a possibility there. And as soon as I, you know, as soon as that came out, I remembered the Peterson Peyton connection. I was like, okay, well, that's probably not happening. Even though I would really like to have Flores because I think he runs a great defense, and um, Me too. I don't, I don't mind the drill sergeant head coach as long as they are consistent with it. And uh, it can grow tiring, but if you win, you can ride it as long as you can. Well, you know, I was only around him for a week last year in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, but he yeah. did not run practice like a drill sergeant. That was more like Matt Rule. So, and I was not Apologies. impressed with Matt Rule at all. Brian Flores was uh, joking with players. He was having fun with them. He was yeah. delegating responsibilities to his coaches. I mean, practice was organized. It was efficient. So I don't think the mystique of the Bill Belichick thing is always there. There are the exceptions, right? With Mike Vrabel, um, you, you look at Brian Flores, and but you do wonder. You know, you don't want another Josh McDaniels type thing. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I, for me, he was at least worth an interview. But uh, George Payton might have known something about the Houston Texans that he didn't. Uh, that we don't and Man. Flores has been connected with Watson for a long time as well. So 
maybe this is just a deal that has been uh, in the back of everybody's head that we will wait to see if it ultimately works out with Flores in Houston. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it will be interesting to see how it all plays out, man. I, I honestly, because of the information that we have and like not knowing these guys personally, I'm definitely a wait and see. I've seen a lot of people in Broncos country riding the highs and low, like, oh my God, if they hire Quinn, I don't know what I'm going to do. If they hire Gannon, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm willing to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm skeptical too. I'm not buying in either. Just, you know, kind of riding the wave here in the middle and uh, letting it play out, which is maybe not always the most fun for uh, clicks and interactions, but uh you know, we'll, we'll let it play out and just try to be as a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not biased. Um, fair. There's a word fair. Just to, yeah, just be just fair. Be fair. Just be yeah. fair. And Maurice, I want to push back. I love all of your interaction and, and uh, being able to debate each other is one of my favorite things about our shows on mile high huddle, but Maurice weighing in saying it's better to be feared than loved. Um, some coaches, Sure, I guess the only coach I could think of that's feared in the NFL is really Bill Belichick. Yeah, his buddy at Nick Saban in college, I guess the, that works. But you look at other coaches right now, and Sean McVay, his players are in love with him. I mean, it's a serious bromance with that guy, and it's not like he's just all rainbows, rainbows and sugar with these guys. I mean, he gets in, he gets after them. He, you know, he he chews them out. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, again, you see his players love him. Uh, these are guys that take accountability for when they're wrong. And I think at times there's that generational gap, but then there's a Pete Carroll who's not a spring chicken either. Uh, but he would rather, I think, be loved than feared. So I'd push back against that because you saw the damage that Josh McDaniels did with, I just want to scare the hell out of everybody, yell, scream, and berate them if we lose, and that's what's going to win us games. That doesn't work if you're unproven in the NFL. And the only way that that could possibly work is if you've got a championship pedigree as a head coach. Last time I checked, none of them do. So uh, they better be able to show some tough love at times but ultimately give it up for your guys i think it's much more important than listening to interviews with former head coaches and whatnot it's the, it's the trust factor i think that's the biggest thing you you don't have to love the coaches you don't have to fear them or anything but you have to trust them that they're going to put you in a position to do your job and succeed not leave you out to dry and uh, own the mistakes and give credit where it's due. You know, it's all that, all those things that you see from a good manager, but I love Kathy's quote here. I want them to be afraid of how much they love me. Michael Scott. Um, beautiful. Love it. Thank you so much, Kathy. I think that's going to do enough to, uh, that I'm, I want to leave it on that quote. So I get everybody to the game. I know George Kittle just had a big drop and the Packers have the ball again, end of the first quarter. So we're going to get you out there to Lambeau, uh, to watch the rest of this game. Luke, you ever been to Lambeau? Never. It's on the bucket list, man. I pretty cool. I'm, I'm upset, man. My some of my buddies are there at that game right oh. now, and uh, yeah, it's that's on the bucket list. I would love to take uh, my my girls to it. Maybe my dad. Yeah, family trip. Let's bring the whole damn family. Let's sell the house and get tickets to Lambo. I hear it's in a weird part, right? And in, in uh, the city of where they're at, I mean, it's just right in the suburbs and stuff like that. It's got all the history, but I want to feel that energy in Lambo. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's a great time. You know, it's been a great time tonight, guys, too. Make sure you're following us. Hit the thumbs up on the way up as we wrap up the show. This is Mile High Insiders. You guys can follow Luke and I on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Patterson LP, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at MHI underscore pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you guys like the gear, uh, I'm wearing the hat right now with the uh, sweet Colorado flag logo. Luke's got the hoodie on. Go to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on. Also, if you like the gear, but you think, yeah, maybe I don't want to pay for the gear right now. Also, chat or uh, Scott's rocking the beanie as well in the background, the coffee mugs in the dishwasher right now. But if you guys like the gear, it's like, I don't know if I want to spend that right now. It's going to come up to the end of the month. If you go to Apple podcasts, leave us a five-star review and comment. You got a chance to win some of the gear. So uh, make sure you do that. If you like the gear and you don't feel like dropping that dollar right now, also make sure you're following us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. And if you folks subscribe, like, and share over to us on YouTube, Mile High Huddle shows every single day of the week and uh, some of the mornings as well. So uh, it's a lot of fun. At the horn, our guy, base Gaze coming in here. Do you think the New York Giants will leapfrog us for Dan Quinn? Yes, they will. They're going to get the hometown boy, I feel. They're going to overpay to get him. They're going to do everything in their power uh, to make sure that he feels loved. And they're going to try to move ahead and get Russell Wilson. Yep, absolutely. Also, want to give a shout out to uh, 
I don't know what this is about, but hello, Jay. Uh, good to see you. Base case. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Got to find a, a a new picture there. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We'll see what happens with Dan Quinn. We'll see what happens with the game tonight. Uh, go Niners, I guess. Go Bills. God, that's honestly who cares. Go Bills. That's that's about it. That's bang bang. No no man. Bang bang Niner gang. I'm on the bandwagon. Let's do it. Yeah, yes, man. Josh Allen. Go Bills. We've got to do this. No more Chiefs, but Broncos country. Stay cool. Be good to each other. Gosh, you guys are giving us some more love on the way out. Our guy Klee is coming in. Great show. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you guys rocking with us even during the playoffs. I know the schedule's a little bit crazy. The Huddle Up Boys will be back tomorrow. I think Chad's going back. If not, you'll see Scott, who's been absolutely killing it with Zach. He's Nick. I'm Luke for Scott. We appreciate it. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.